Uh, this is Alex McCormick. We are musicians and makers. Uh, we are dedicating to interviewing uh, and promoting artists and musicians across a broad spectrum of genres and mediums. 
and Alex, what's going on with you? What is going on in the world of Alex? Uh, a lot of music stuff. Uh, uh, all uh, for all the projects I have going on right now. I have a, a, a solo project called Savage Spirit. It's really metal, hardcore based, and uh, in the studio with a follow-up EP for that. Um, there's a current band that I have also going on, a band called Tough Thought. I don't know. Somebody coined it recently, Fisherman Emo, uh, because of, <laughs> of the video that they, uh, the music video that we just released. And I don't really know how to label that band, but uh, we have an EP out and uh, we're in the studio uh, also for that follow-up EP. And then there's a, a, a cool project that I have going on that I get to kind of just take the back seat on uh, called The Violence. And that one's kind of a, uh, like really heavy surf rock. And uh, we are currently in the process of uh, locking down a drummer to track that follow-up EP. So uh, other than that... Um, uh, the Violence has a music video in the works right now that our singer Matt Cagini is uh, DIY working on himself. And uh, a Thought has a full animation video for uh, a single we're getting ready to drop um, by uh, uh, Jimmy Laser. Um, and so, yeah, a bunch of stuff music videos, uh, recording uh reconfiguring drummer situations for for the violins but uh yeah it's all it's all pretty exciting keeps me very busy yeah you're clearly very busy <laughs> that's like <laughs> i think Damn. one of those projects alone is like enough for some people that's that's awesome yeah do you work too how do you like divide your time between these projects well luckily for me covid has been fruitful to me as it probably has been some people where i've actually had uh uh, nothing but free time and, uh, you know, adequate income to still be able to do these things. And, uh, from, uh, once in a blue moon, I'll be able to go take like a, some kind of commercial fishing trip and I can reel in some extra money like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, um, I'm actually in my workspace now. We're getting ready to, in two weeks, I'll be going back and doing insulation and, uh, I'll be doing that to try to fund these projects and some of these endeavors. Uh, so there's some truth to the fisherman thing. All right. <laughs> Sean, Sean, the drummer, he's like the entire backbone to how the Tough Thought band uh, came to be. Because we, when we uh, were first starting, like there was no intention on like being like a band or anything. We were just, uh, I was fishing with him for a while. I was co-hogging out of New Bedford. And uh, we'd just write some songs in between fishing trips. And uh, it kind of just accidentally became a thing, which is kind of a fun thing, I guess. Yeah, so there is truth to the fisherman thing, but mainly, mainly Sean. I feel like if any fisherman were to be like, "Oh, you okay? Cool, you went on like thirty trips in a year." Like, I don't know if they'd be like, "Yeah, you're a fisherman." They'd, <laughs> they'd have their reservations about giving me full cred, you know? Sure. Full. Yeah. <laughs> One of my coworkers is like hardcore fisherman. He goes to tournaments like every week, like from springtime till probably next week. He's gone every Thursday at three. He takes off time all the time for it. I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. I have no patience for it. And I get pissed. What do you mean? Like, like he goes like on a, on a boat for a couple hours or he like gets on a boat for a couple of days? Uh, a couple hours. He does like uh, bass tournaments Sweet. and stuff. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, he likes yeah, it. Pretty- uh, kudos to that. I have, I have, I just, I'm the world's worst fisherman. I haven't been since I was 12 and I think I threw my rod 
in the water <laughs> last time I did. So <laughs> don't ask me about fishing. Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, it's great money. Kudos to anybody who can live the lifestyle. Hence the whole uh, "Defund If By Land, Wealth If I See" music video that we did. But uh, uh, like you said, like you were kind of like pointed out earlier, I got my hands pretty full with the creative projects here. So it's that's a tough one to commit to, man. Seven, yeah. eight days or three to four days, depending on what kind of commercial fishing you do. That's a that's a heavy commitment. So kudos to any potential <laughs> fisherman that may see this that uh, <laughs> can. Uh, Annie up and commit to that lifestyle. Oh, it's it. Corpin's definitely wild too. Uh, you know the fact that he had more time to write. Super cool. Like we did a, an episode last week, and you know someone mentioned to us like they can't wait to see the kind of music that comes out of this. Uh, I just feel like you know so many people yes have the time to write right now, but also like might be coming from a completely different place than they were like a year ago. Uh, do you feel like that's kind of affected your writing in the past year? Not like not really. Like there's, if there was any portion of it that's been affected, there's probably one song out of all three of these bands, or that it even barely kind of like gets touched on. I don't think it's affected. There's always, uh, you know, get in the room with the guys and tough thought, and you know, just like we would have done before. You know, I don't. We didn't. None of us got into a room right away. We had a lot to like figure out, like with you know, COVID protocol. You know, people have who children are are in constant contact with the young and the old which it is known to potentially affect the most but uh i don't think there's really been that much of a change you know if it, if it comes if there's a good ideas that are coming then we're we're gonna jot them down i don't think covid's really drastically affected any sort of writing process or anything like that other yeah. than that you know, it took like two months for a while any of us to get back into a room together sure yeah it seems to slow things down at least uh, I got to do like a social distance fest on like Instagram, which was kind of cool. Like, but then we just passed an account around and like bands would go on for like 20 minutes and shoot it to the next band. That was yep. pretty cool. I thought I was going to hate that. And like, it was going to feel weird playing a show in front of like no people. But the <laughs> fact that we could like check our phones and like, just see like what people were saying and stuff. And people are like commenting like circle pit and shit like that. It was cool. <laughs> I definitely think it's interesting. The most interesting about this is, you know, somebody, uh, I saw a, uh, a post from uh, one of the musicians I follow and he was just like asking people like, wh- like, do you actually think this stuff, like, you know, anything will go back to normal. Mm. What I could keep thinking of is that like, there are just like too many bright minds, social deviants and creative people to mm-hmm. not use this as a way to be like, fuck you, COVID. We're just going to like reinvent yeah. some sort of wheel and uh you know uh whether it's like doing the live broadcasts and stuff like that or finding different ways to have to like connect to their audience and i just think that's interesting what's going to come with uh, come of it i feel like every time like you, you know you cut off people from you know something that they like really love doing then they're mm-hmm. just gonna to grow around it how that's all going to transpire is going to be really cool yeah I definitely feel that. So you told me to ask what happened with Ethan the other day. Ethan's from Tough Thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So Ethan, important thing you need to know about Ethan. He's 20. He's a, he's a little bit younger than me, Sean and Dave uh, of, of uh, the Tough Thought boys. While he can hang with the boys and he can <laughs> hold his own when it comes to writing 
and hold his own when it comes to having an opinion on the writing process without having to like back down and it be well respected. Again, he's like 20 years old as fuck. So <laughs> we had a rehearsal yesterday. We're about to bring uh, one of our songs into the studio. It's the last song for the EP. Me and Sean are at lunch, you know, the, the drummer. We're at, we're at lunch and uh, we get a message from him. He's like, yo, dog. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to practice today. We're like, oh, cool. Is everything, is everything all right? Like, are you good? And uh, he's like, well, you know, I've been having <laughs> pains all day. So I'm going to the ER. So immediately me and Sean are just like, oh, you know, you know, hope that, you know, nothing like serious or anything. So we resume the practice with just the three of us. And then we get a text message from him that says, hey, so I'm leaving the ER now. <laughs> But I will be there in an hour. So we're like, <laughs> how? what were your results? How did that? Like, <laughs> Our boy is back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> straight up, straight up, dude goes, oh, the doctor said I just, I just have heartburn. Oh, no. So I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> this poor fucking kid. Never had heartburn before, I poor take it. Kid, like, you know, especially with everything going on right now. Found <laughs> a way to be, like, in the prime of his health and, you know, contract something deadly or gas. And then he's just like, no, the doctors just said I had heartburn. <laughs> and I'm like, how did they conclude this? Like, what was, could walk me through this a little bit. They're like, well, when did you start experiencing uh, <laughs> the chest warmth? He's Meatball like, yeah. I'm like, that sounds thorough, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was just adorable because he got there and it occurred to me. And this was kind of a smart ass kind of way of like thinking or whatever. But and then I finally asked him when he got there, I was like, hey, Ethan, have you ever had heartburn before, buddy? And he's like, no. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, so this is your first time, huh? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yes, there's just like a real innocence to him. And uh, he's great. If it weren't for Ethan, we wouldn't be, which is an ironic time to be show ready, but we wouldn't be show ready. We wouldn't be able to do a lot of the cool things that we're going to be able to do. And he adds a really cool element. But uh, hearing that fucking story had me flying <laughs> laugh. That's <laughs> awesome. So is there going to be like a Pepto-Bismol type titled song coming up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. No, we'll just like next time he comes into practice, just like glad you've gotten well better sooner than we thought. That'd be perfect. So Tough Thought did it some of its recording at a Railroad Park Recording Company. Uh, yeah. uh, what was that like? What is Railroad Park Recording Company? What can you tell us? Uh, Railroad uh, is a recording studio at Westport, Mass., um, it started maybe a little, they've been uh, a recording studio for a while, but the whole consensus is that when you go in, uh, there are all these trailers that have been converted into different portions of the studio. And it is operated and ran by uh, one of my very good friends, Kyle Ferrian. They're just great. I don't think, uh, I don't think Tough Thought would have uh, developed as much as it has without them. Um, I think it is really ambitious and awesome and I cannot shout out my friend Kyle Therian enough for how much work has been put into the place from just this little cruddy one little trailer 
with this just like one little just cruddy room to you mic up his cabs and drums and stuff like that to just like it full blown the works one room here a trailer over here there's another trailer in the works so that multiple engineers can work at the same time and uh i love railroad i can afford to bring all my projects there i would do i wouldn't go with any other engineers i like what kyle does he brings vocally i don't think i would have been able to develop tough thought you know those kind of vocals as as uh, as much as i did i don't know about you i know you i know you've done a, a fair share of bands and jamming and easily a lot of recording studio experiences but i've been to a lot of different recording studios a good handful and the thing i like about railroad is that i don't know he just like care what's going on at all times sure. and there's there's never been this sense of being like rushed there's never been this sense of him like making uh, anything like a like monetary wise like a complete issue and just mm. every time when their dude's ready to work or whether it's Clinton Lisboza who uh, you know will take on some of the guitars or bass sometimes and they're uh, have slowly grown to become real uh, family to uh, me as a person never mind just tough thought but railroad's great yeah I um I recorded Dead Air Studios and. I freaking loved it, um, you know, but then like talking on like the podcast, I was talking to one of the guys from Au Revoir and all he did was tell me how much he hated it there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really? uh, which is, it's funny. It's, and it, it's just, you know, I think we just all want something different in a studio. And if there's one thing I've learned doing this podcast too, every time we ask people about like what studio they recorded at and we start to look these places up, like studios are just specific in their creation and the way they run things, you know, like I recorded in one place um, that was like, on like a horse farm. So like, you just like be doing vocals and there's like a horse outside the window. And that was just like <laughs> serene as it is. You just felt like you were in your own world. It's just like, yeah, there's a lot to be said about the studio and, and how that brings a project together. And, and like, when you find that spot, it's like, yeah, you, you want to stick to it. And man, if I could afford it every time, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. I'm just like so distracted. I keep having this mental like playthrough like immediately as soon as you said it. Like that horse is just there. Yeah. Whole time, like maybe just to like get a bad take, and he's like, but that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> part of the remember, it's part of the process. It's part of the process. Right. <laughs> Every good take, there's probably a hundred bad ones. Come on. Oh uh, no! What, what did happen? Like I was like screaming, and I felt like shit, and I went outside and I threw up and realized there was like a horse on the side of me. So that was crazy. I thought I was gonna get like booted across the yard. And then like another time we just had like the door open for a minute to like let some air in and like one of the horses just kind of started making its way in the house. So that was kind of like a, you know, take five guys, got to get the horse. Little, you seem a little anxious right now. Go pet the horse. No, yeah, seriously. <laughs> What's wild to me too is like that studio was originally made to do like commercial, like you know, little, like, you know, 30 second bits. So I could just see somebody like playing some stupid like fucking Kellogg cereal song. Jingle. You know, yeah, and there's just a horse like, you know, <laughs> he just living his best life. <laughs> this was dead air. Is that what you said it was? No, this one's not dead air. Um, this one, I, I went under the name Paper Robot Recordings. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the name of the actual studio or if that's just one of the guys who was working there at the time. Uh, awesome place, by the way. I should say, like, recordings came out great. Uh, I really love what they were doing, too. Uh, Dead Air just, I don't know, it's got a special place in my heart. He's just done so many projects with so many hardcore bands. And it's just like that DIY feel. 
where like, you know, yeah, you're in his basement and like, he's just super laid back. Like the thing I liked about him was like, when you talk to Will and you're like, Hey, how did that, like that track go? Like, like, what do you think? He's like, uh, I don't know. Did you like it? Like, he doesn't really give you like his opinion. He just kind of listens and lets you listen to it 17 times. You know what I mean? And then you got to figure out what you think. And that's for me, like as a vocalist, when I get in there, I like, I hear it and I just look for like people's expressions and I'm like, shit, no, I can do better, you know, and to have to push myself instead of someone tell me that that works for me. I honestly, I, I'm, I might be on the, I might be on the opposite side of the spectrum. I feel like, uh, with, uh, you know, my experience with Kyle, whatever, that's it. He's ex- specifically why I got, uh, why I wanted to go there to begin with, mm. you know, like, all right, cool. My, my biggest problem, whether it's a guitar lick or in, in this case, specifically vocals, is I could do it a hundred ways. Sure. In a, these different ways, I'm probably going to be excited about. Sure. I'm, having another vocalist that I know is capable of doing what I just did, like go in there, whether it's like some sort of scream to sing, fucking kind of dip or whatever, or whether it's a vocal melody, I could bounce it off of him. Because so I'm like, all right, you actually know how to do all this too. So I'm not just yeah. like bouncing off somebody who can't, who couldn't come in here and like, you know what I mean? Give me a, like, you know, uh, work it out if he needed to. So. I think I've always had that like with my band, you know, like I doing like a dual vocalist kind of band where like first guy gets in the room and nails it first like time around. And you're just like, fuck, now I have to be good, you know? Yeah. Cool. So that's tough thought. Uh, so Savage Spirit, that's more of like your solo project. How did that come to be? Uh, how did, how does that work writing as a solo project? I don't know. It was just a couple of bands that uh, were just on their on their way out. They their shelf life was you know coming to fruition and out the door with those. So some of the biggest pieces of uh, advice that I was getting from some of the bandmates at the time were like, "Dude, I know like you're bummed out like that these projects aren't like working, and you know you've, you're always like on the hunt to find something that you know you can push and be proud of." He's like, "Why don't you just take the time?" now since there are no bands you know that you're doing that are active to go write that shit that you want to hear and go do that shit you want to hear and it kind of it was kind of nice i was bummed about the band the the party wolf band breaking up and i love those dudes and but, but the advice like sat with me for a while so i just i don't know just like sat in my room in my underwear like a weirdo and just like all right cool i'm gonna put hit record on my fucking shitty android 2002 phone and just like start skeleton ideas and then uh the more and more i just like committed to it i was like damn it's just you know i don't know so it kind of kind of came to be through a falling out of other bands and just you know taking some advice from those bandmates and just committing to it and uh the more and more i've been able to write for it the more and more i'm just like damn this is like really fucking Mm. cool i love i really love heavy heavy hardcore and uh so Savage Spirit being like kind of my firstborn, not that any of the other projects aren't, don't mean something to me, but it means, it means a little bit different. You know what I mean? I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like your, your writing process with the other bands, like, do you like usually write the songs all together or is it like someone brings something to the table? Like this, this project, it seems like it's more like, this is what you wrote and now you get to show it. The violence had gotten to, and I'm sure Matt Tansy, who's the main writer, agree with this i wish we got to uh be in a room but you know he's in boston which isn't too far me and matt are in fall river and the biggest uh, a gap between uh, between us was probably freddie 
uh, who was playing drums for us, but, you know, trying to work around his schedule, trying to get everybody in a room with as many projects as he had going on was difficult. So what Chansey would do is basically uh, send us his guitar skeleton. Freddie would sit on it for, for a while. And uh, then surprisingly, we get into the studio and he would just smash out all of his takes and probably probably like two, two takes. Tough Thoughts really the only one where we get to be in a, be in a room together because all the dudes live close. It's easy. Nobody, there's not one of us that has a hundred other things going on that are preventing sure. us from frequently getting in a room together. But mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's cool in the sense where uh, I, I like how we go. I've gone about it that way and we'll likely do so with this drummer for the follow-up EP. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to be in a project where I can kind of lean back a little bit and be like, all right, cool. Tansy, write up the skeleton for the guitar, mm-hmm. let the drummers do their thing, and then write bass to whatever the drummer is doing. Rather mm-hmm. than, all right, here's the guitar, here's the bass line. Like, it's kind of fun to just be able to lay back and be able to do that. And it's kind of nice to have uh, a front man like Cugini where whether it's promotion or whether it's what he's going to do vocally, I can just, with complete faith, send him off to uh, completely work all that stuff out and then get into a room and be like, all right, cool, what do you want me to do, bud? I got the, got the, got the little bass lines, uh, yeah. got the song coming together, what do, you, what do you want me to do? And then not have to worry about one thing, to have just full trust that like whatever he wants to do, uh, to just have, I don't know, full faith in his uh, lyricism his ideas and uh, what he has planned for us to do like vocally and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it helps like differentiate the projects too in your head where it's like, you know, you kind of have a different place, you know what I mean? That's nice. Uh, so the violence, uh, am I saying that right? The violence? Yeah. It, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully you gave me these handy pronunciations. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, Baselands, Bizeen, what are we saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it. I probably would have got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so the violins, um, you're looking for a drummer right now. Uh, that seems to be like a a pretty good search going on and everything. So what what's going on with violins aside from you need a drummer? Uh, we got the music video. Uh, Cugini's getting that taken care of. I'm sure we'll do more like w- those weird infomercial video <laughs> uh, promotions. Aside from that, well, I was, we've, we've had heavy talks about going into Railroad and uh, trying to get like a, just a live set down or do some sort of live, like virtual live set kind of thing. Obviously, you know, the drummer thing being a recent thing that is a thing. It's kind of throwing that off. But yeah, video, new EP. There'll be, there'll be three songs. It's going to be a short one. No, we were really eager to to be to be playing the shows. We we uh, mm. spent a year getting the project together, getting the EP done, playing our first show, and then boom, four days later, uh, World shut down. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> At uh, least I, you got one in. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting one. <laughs> interesting how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Houdini might be the only person who uh, I know that wears his anxiety as well as he does, and he uh. did. So. By he's like, all right, this is how I'm gonna deal with my anxiety for this show. I'm gonna wear a fucking luchador mask. And I'm gonna just stay <laughs> myself in a luchador mask. Yep. The entire- <laughs> but uh, you could tell it was cute in the sense that like it's our it's your first show. Like if you nail your first show, like completely nail it, cross the board, sound, uh, how you're reading to an audience, uh, response from the audience. If you nail all that, like on the first time, like cool. 
I don't think it always happens. And uh, it's interesting because uh, he's playing in a, a Lucidor mask. Two, I can tell he's anxious and he's so we got our little our cool little sound clip that introduces the the instrumentation into com- into the live set. And I don't think Matt realized that Freddie was not behind his drum set. Oh, no. He started playing it. So, yep. uh, you know, the part where everybody's supposed to be coming in. <laughs> Freddie's not back there. Matt doesn't realize it. I'm embarrassed, but I'm just staring, gazing off. I'm like, oh, no, this is <laughs> not fucking happening. All right. Somebody's right. going to say take two at some point. Talk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to fucking smile and wave. You know, Freddie comes in and I'm like, all right, cool. Nerves are gone. And then maybe into the second song, uh, sure shit, something else would go wrong. <laughs> I, uh, borrowed, I borrowed a, a wireless system from my friend, uh, from my friend Julian. Uh, wireless systems all the time. Always oh, the yeah. worst. So I was like, yeah, I was, you know, Julian's like tech savvy guy. So like I always trust his opinion every time, all yep. the time about uh, – <laughs> So I was like, when's the last time uh, he changed his battery? He goes, oh, it's pretty recent. Things never died on me. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm good. Like, I shouldn't get a battery. Like, I should have got a battery. That would have been the responsible thing to do. I did not because I'm like, Julian knows more about technology than I do. So I'm just going to, I'm going to trust him on this. Sure shit. Second song in, just all stoked, go for a strum. And I hear it give out. I'm not playing right now. Uh... I almost know nothing about how I would reroute this gear. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm just going to keep playing. I'm just going to keep playing this fucking bass right now. <laughs> keep looking at Julian and just hope that he's going to see eye to eye on this one and be like, oh, he needs an adult right now. I get it. I'll come over. <laughs> <laughs> but it went over, it went over well. We, uh, we finished. Nobody, nobody was like, hey, idiot. You ever played a bass before? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and you don't know how to. What are you, 30? You don't know how to reroute your uh, where your sounds are supposed to be going in and coming from. But, uh, yeah, people were, were stoked on it. A bunch of friends showed up unprompted. All in all, it was a pretty interesting night. I remember Steve and I played a show on 12-12-12, uh, which, you know, as end you know, was the, the end of the world. Oh, yeah. shit. Don't right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <Still> here. <laughs> we, yeah, we played a show, and for some fucking reason, I thought it'd be a great idea to wear this, like, Wolfer the Dog costume. And it was like, it was like a basement show. And also I got some dumb idea in my head because I don't know at the time, like how old was I in in 2012? Probably like 21, 22 or something like that. I think you were a dumb Josh back then. Yeah, I was, I was probably going to the hospital for heartburn and, um, (laughs) I fucking, you know, (laughs) I, I had this idea in my head that I was going to make like, cause you know, it's a basement show, bring your own alcohol and stuff. I thought I was going to make like a buttered rum drink for everybody. And I literally put like a stick of butter and cider and rum together. And oh, like, like butter you know, curdled. Yeah. Like four hours later, you're like taking a sip and you just got like a film of butter just like <laughs> in, in your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> and I'm sweating and just smashing into the wall and I can't play guitar in a Wilfred the dog costume. Didn't like, you unplug too? Probably, yeah. The hands came off. So yeah. that helped. But no, yeah. Yeah, the costume thing, man, it could be done right and it can also be done, be done wrong. Yeah, real, real well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've definitely had our fair share. Man, I, I learned how to like 
intonate my guitar properly like in Europe while I was playing like a live studio set last year. That felt real stupid, you know, <laughs> but hey, here we are. We did it. We're going to do it. better next time. <laughs> I don't know if you've already been a couple shows in and had uh, specific kind of things go wrong mm-hmm. that you can be precautious about the next time. If you're still having those issues, maybe then worry about first show. I mean, it's almost endearing if something goes yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get rid of like a hollow body. I I remember Steve, I had like a hollow body Ibanez. Yep. That was Mm -hmm. like, it just fell out of tune all the time where I get crazy feedback. And I thought the feedback was cool, but not if you can't control it. You know, like it was one of those things where like, all right, let's not do this again. Like 17 times. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to feedback. And I don't know if you're watching right now, but feedback, big fan of you, bud. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I love feedback so much. (laughs) <laughs> controlled feedback though they're just to kind of like lean into it get the right yeah yeah i love a good controlled feedback this was more like a i can't control Constant my instrument headache yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was like pretty music it wasn't even like a feedbacky type band it probably worked for like one song so can you tell us about some of your favorite artists and musicians big every time i die fan i feel like any of my friends who have ever probably heard the savage bear project are probably like yep it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Probably more obvious than Converge, Chariot, you know, Dillinger. Um, yeah. I liked Tupac a lot. But the thing about some of the artists that I really enjoy, like somebody like Tupac, is like what you're able to like do with your platform. Mm. Like there's, uh, you know, certain bands that I like for their sonic reasons and like uh, like, like a Converge, like, uh, you know, what they were able to do to build their little empire that they have going on from nothing and be so influential and how they were able to influence bands and how they were able to start their label or Jake or whoever, all of which are who owns, you know, death wish or whatever, were able to, you know, use their platform to like, all right, cool. Now we've elevated to a status where like, you know, we can take on young bands and bands that we believe in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like Tupac, it was just like, uh, it's like a big one for me or whatever, because became more about what he was doing with his platform than it was about the music. Like, you know, some of the, the communities where he came from that, you know, he'd be able to go home to and be able to, you know, you know, put his money where his mouth was in terms of, you know, what areas that he wanted to, you know, like give help to and, you know, and he wouldn't get media for it. So it didn't look like he was trying to like publicity to sell a record and stuff like that. And, uh, there's a another new Bedford cat. This dude, Trevor Vaughn. Mm. It kind of reminds me of like a Kurt Ballou or uh, of sorts, or in like Death Wish or whatever. Where he's uh, always grinding, man. He's always <laughs> pumping out music. He's always pumping out sick fucking bands. But what I really like about him is you can tell that like you know it's for him first, and you know being able to share it with people and mm. how people respond in a positive manner or whatever is just kind of a bonus, but. He's just always grinding, always putting out something different, something new, whether it's heavy or some electronic project that he wrote on a device that I don't even I don't even know what it is while he's out and comes back and master this thing that I did on this little, you know, 1980s device or whatever it was. But uh, Black Beach, definitely a lot of local love. Uh, Really like Black Beach. I really really like what they're doing. Um, It's been Grasp. Uh, I don't know, Plymouth, Brockton. I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe two uh, of the two. They're a sick hardcore, uh, hardcore band. Uh, one of my buddies, Dylan, gets to do vocals for them. I really like what they're doing. 
I don't know. Just in general, though, I just really like artists who can uh, just you can do, you can tell they're just like crazy, just like psychopaths. Yeah. Art like they're you know that like there's nothing in the world that's gonna stop them from fucking making art, creating it, and better yet, you know, especially artists who like I think I was telling you before uh, when I was messaging you, uh, you know, someone who can like translate that to an audience too. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of across the board, good song, good live set, and can like a uh, mm. audience and have that, you know, energy given back as they're getting it out. You know what I yeah. mean? When I was younger, it was just like a sonic thing. But like when you get older, you realize like, you know, all right, this is a platform. People can do things with this. And mm-hmm. like, especially with all like the, the, like the Black Lives Matter movement, everybody's ever been able to like raise money towards their mm-hmm. causes and stuff like that. Oh, it's like artists who can who have like an intention to, you know what I mean? That kind of goes a little beyond, you know, the very understandable and fun. Like, I just want to make noise with my friends and yeah. maybe, people <laughs> oh. you know, yeah. and, yep. you know, put a little more, you know, we're just reaching, reaching a little higher, you know, trying to, trying to make cool noises, do cool things for people and, uh, you know, trying to inspire people to do the same thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Last year, Converge and Drop Dead did like a double header AS220, which was that was sick, fucking insane. Yeah, um, but like, dude, I remember like after like the shows, like they, like you know, they're like kids would be hanging around and stuff, and like they were just like the nicest humans possible to like staff and just like taking care of everybody, and like yeah, the whole time that they're like you know, Drop Dead's always been like just super vegan awareness. You know what I mean? Like just like. They're, they have a reason for what they're doing. They have a ridiculous drive. That's what makes it. It's it's so cool to see that, you know, I mean, there's definitely some insanity. Like, yeah, I need that music in my life, which is awesome, too. That's how you get the good. But, like, yep. just to see there's something more behind it, it's it's cool to see. And, yeah, those are those are great choices for sure. There's another one, too. Uh, well, I don't I don't follow as much anymore i mean i like what he's doing I, I don't always connect with where he's going with like lyrics and stuff like that but you know jason from like let live too to like mm. come from like to play a little soul punk band to be able to you know do the fever 333 stuff and to uh yep. now he's like elevated towards a status where so many people care about what he's doing that he can do almost like a like a kind of like a tupac thing where like all these yeah you know that he wants to be a part of and, and all these causes that he wants to help donate toward he can just do that and it's mm-hmm. and it's really, so I, I really love what he's doing too like as a, as a human as a musician they're, they're nuts i don't know if they're probably few and far between bands that are as crazy that i can think of off top, mm-hmm. off top in terms of a live setting so i don't really like what he's doing too have you heard of uh soul glow they're from uh philly i believe i know they're from pennsylvania I don't know that I'd be able to recall the song off the top of my head now. Yeah, well, if you check them out sometime, uh, Soul Glow is like they're doing it for me. Um, I, I play with them uh, in like Europe, like Berlin and stuff, and like everybody knew them out there, which was wild. You know, I probably like got into them like three months before that, but um, it's made up predominantly of uh, black uh, folks, and they have such a way of just like pushing like how they feel in the world and you know how they should be treated. And just getting that message across while just being ridiculous musicians, like, man, they blew me away every show. And just the drive that they have, it was so crazy to see. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I definitely, like, recommend checking them out uh, if you just want to hear some, like, really good punk that's also just, like, 
just driven by some like real emotion of like what people are going through in their lives, you know? Yeah. Well, let's see. Steve, you have a question? What are your top five albums that were released this year? Could be DIY bands, could be big bands, could be whoever. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, I am on the spot because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm the worst. <laughs> I know. Kenny Hoopla is kind of one of them. Are you guys familiar? Kenny Hoopla? No. It's kind no. Of emo, like all pop. I don't know. All right. But he's uh, he's like a young kid. He's really doing his thing. And I, I fell in love with him after. Honestly, it was one of those things where it was after I saw his interviews and I kind of like got to know him a little bit more. Mm. In terms of like lyricists and stuff like that or whatever. Sometimes with lyricists, you know what I mean? They're writing about things. Like, uh, you're walking into a room that I, I, you know, a couple of days ago. You know what I mean? That I left a while ago. So it's like hard to place yourself there. Sure. I like what he's doing. I like get, getting to know him more through through his interviews. Not that that really entirely, you know, may, means you know somebody or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Hoopla, literally probably every project uh, Trevor Vaughn's putting out. I don't. That might be it, man. Kenny Hoopla and just like some Trevor Vaughn songs. Uh, I would fail this in a heartbeat. I feel like I can't remember Ben's name, songs, or anything <laughs> ever. I don't know if it's just because like working at a venue, like you just see a lot of bands all the time. So it's like you listen to the music, you know who you're amped for and like you just like add it to your playlist and now it's in your life. Yeah. But for me, like, man, trying to pull shit out like this, like I'd probably um, get through like one. This year, like new bands and this year. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably pulling from stuff from like years ago. There's probably nothing out there come across my like radar where i'm like all right cool i'm gonna like devote some time to this mm-hmm. whatever you know it's a weird one though uh, uh, that recently came across but i'm like damn took me way too long to get into this band probably the cure oh sure okay one of my guitar player plays them plays them a lot mm-hmm. and uh, i think i said something super ignorant. i'm like well, this is mars volta or something <laughs> <laughs> so he g-checked me real quick on the on the yeah. tune <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, Mars Volta. I'll, I'll give points to them too. Yeah. You know what's a bit crazy about Mars Volta? That you could go to a live show and you could actually even focus on anything besides, what's his name? Fred? Is that yeah. the singer's name? Yeah. And that's his feet. Look at the happiest feet I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Dude's got the moves. I couldn't do it. I, they put a, my friend Julian put on a live show of the, actually it might've been Matt at Julian's and I just, I, that's all I could watch. I'm like, dude, look at his feet, man. <laughs> <laughs> Little Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another impressive thing about them too. And it's like them, like Converge, BT Bam, like our three bands I can think of off the top of my head, which is absolutely wild. They never, not one time ever sound bad. Never, not sure. one time where I'm like, eh, Jake was having an off day. Yeah. Or, eh, Frederick was having an off day or, you know, uh, shit, I wish I could think of the drummer's name of <laughs> Mars Volta. Nope, just, uh, he was just off that day. Never. Not one time. Completely dialed in always. Oh, that's like yeah. a fall of Troy and stuff like that. Like those dudes just like they just own it. And I can't I'll never be that. I'll always be the guy who like I can do it 17 ways. I can probably make it sound good. But yeah. I, I'm probably muffing it and you don't know it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's kind of common <laughs> A little bit of energy, you know. Hope yeah. you're for no at least one section of music. <laughs> oh yeah, there's enough pictures of me floating around where I'm just like laying on the ground at a show because I just threw myself down there. You know what I mean? Like I'll find <laughs> oh, my yeah. way. You'll think it's rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I do that when the bass shorted up? <laughs> Seriously, just flop like a fish, man. I'm telling you. 
<laughs> probably was. There was probably one dickhead too. Well, not a dickhead, but there was probably just one guy who was like, "Sir, I know that your base is not working right yeah. now." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really admire your just confidence to just keep playing and oh, pretend yeah. that it is working, but it is not. Please okay, stop too. You know what I mean? Like you don't stop the song. That is like. Unless yeah. everybody clearly knows it's time for a stop and you can make a joke out of it, which I'm pretty good at that. I don't mind like making myself look like a dummy and making a laugh out of it. But like at some point you just got to own it, <laughs> you know, like, yep, yep, we did yep. it. <laughs> so why do you make art? Some of it is, you know, you like to make noise with your friends and something that you can take a little bit of pride in. Um. Depending on the mood and the song that I'm working on at the time, maybe it's to prove a point. You know, most often the point is uh, to, to prove to myself that, like, I don't know, that you can do something, you can be better creatively. Uh, you know, that, like nothing is ever kind of good enough that you can kind of keep. There's always room to like fucking try to something more innovative than you tried before. There's weirder parts of, of it too where play out in my head which is kind of maybe it's a crazy person thing but i'm like one day i have kids you know and you know they're like oh what did my dad do and then it's kind of like one of those things where there is a timeline of growth mm. whether it's musically personally spiritually mm. and doing the best that i can to make every piece of that timeline as yeah. absolutely authentic and sincere and uh honest with myself i feel like there's that kind of factor i, I don't that's such a maybe that's a, like a weird reason to like make art but i like i don't know the idea of why i make art dude i sat on that question for like an hour it's yeah, <laughs> i sat on that for a fucking hour I, I really did like such an easy question and i felt like i was like like in the therapy room or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. question that i like you know what i mean and then it sent me on this whole uh different reasons why i do it um you know, make noise with my friends uh, to maybe leave like a cool legacy to have a timeline of, you know, all my life experiences. Probably the journey of it, too. The journey of it, too, is always a little bit more fun than the result. Like being in the studio with good friends and yeah. all the things that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life just being in the studio. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the live aspect. Like, you know, why do you make art? You know what I mean? To get into a live aspect where... Uh, if I say these words and use these kind of notes, how will people respond? Kind of like, I don't know, like experiment. Social experiment, you know? yeah. yeah. In, a, in, in a friendly way, you know, nothing like malicious. Mm. Or, yeah, see so how you can get people to react. I don't know. One day you could uh, make music that, uh, that I can make like a career out of. I think that there's that's a drive factor where I'm like, you know, the art's for me first and you got to keep it keep the integrity it's for you first man and if mm-hmm. people enjoy it then you know that's a very real or whatever but uh you know to, maybe one of these can uh, take root and uh somebody will stuff me in a van and i can yeah. i can uh, the idea of being able to interact with new people every day or wake up in a new situation and use it as an opportunity to uh try to have positive experiences with people and you know to see what i can potentially do if given the opportunity to uh you know, apply that to a live setting. Like, what can you, how can I make this an intimate experience for people? How can I make it there? No matter what, whether it's something that you're saying in between songs or the way that you're delivering your music, you know, how can I use this as a tool to like connect with people? I mean, I like Fall River a lot of my life. So like the world looks pretty appealing <laughs> and a lot of cool people out there and I want to meet them. 
Absolutely. Uh, that's a tough question. Like I said, I sat on that for like an hour straight. You, you, I think you satisfied the answer rather well. Definitely. And for us, it's like just we're just hoping that you accidentally say something that we just have a reason to pick on you for in the episode. So yeah. like, you know, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> kind of like Tinder's it's a little it's a little scarce these days. And just yeah. like, look, you know, I was just really hoping that I could write some fucking sexy tune. No, yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm definitely I'm right there with you. Like historic wise, it's super important. And like I noticed that. Maybe like about a year ago, I was like hanging up some old albums that I wrote and stuff like vinyls on the wall. And I found like this note inside one that like, I guess we released with it. And it like, it was like, uh, just kind of said like, you know, to my dad, I'll love you forever. And I had lost them that year. And we just spent like a year just like playing out live and me just being a shit mess and just like getting that out there. And like now, like I look at that and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I'm so glad like we included that and that was part of it. And now like that's on my wall and that's like... So now in the future, you know, kids down the line, people in my life down the line, I could say like, oh, yeah, I remember losing them. I remember going through that tough time. And that's what I was doing. That's how I pushed through. You know what I mean? And I have that story to give. That's awesome. You know, and social experiment. Absolutely. Uh, Like there's this dude I've seen a few times now. Um, He actually he lives at AS220. He goes by Brian forever. And you want to talk about like a social experiment? I've seen this guy like. He's his act like he started throwing like some hip hop now and like he does his thing. But at first it was just more like he just got up there and just wanted to fuck with people. You know, like he would get up with like a cowboy hat on, like looking like a businessman and he's got like a little like whiteboard and he's like gonna break down to you like how to make money. And like by the end of it have you seen seen you've seen him? Yeah. Jungle before it got shut down. Yeah, yeah. He used to live in Funky Jungle. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, like, yeah, that dude, like, would just lose his mind. Dude, that guy fucking tears. I was a bit drunk, but he brought me to fucking tears. That's how, like, powerful that. Super cow- powerful. Cowboy hat teacher. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, cowboy hat. He strips down. I don't know where he's wearing a dress. He's on the ground. Like, the whole thing is a fucking mess. And I remember seeing, I think it was him. I played with him, like, a couple years before that. And, like, he just had, like, a, a mask on. So you couldn't tell it was him. And if this wasn't him, my bad this was somebody else but like he had like a mask on and an acoustic guitar and he like started playing and it was all fucked up and it didn't make any sense but then he pulled out a knife and just started stabbing it and i just remember like the audience kind of like taking a couple yeah stabbing the guitar like not himself yeah but like i just remember the audience like taking a step back and looking around and like just almost like sizing up like if this goes too far like how do we get out and how do we stop this (laughs) you know like it stuck with me. I'll give him that. You know what I mean? Like I'll always remember that show, you know, from that to like tinsel teeth throwing up on themselves, beating themselves up live, like inviting what the audience. You, like if you had to stop that, do you challenge him to a fucking duel? That, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I also brought my knife. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> But no, that's, they stick, you know what I mean? And to be able to kind of give that message. Cool. You know, I'm so reminded me of that guy. God damn. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see him again. He was doing something for a while called Wind Donuts, where like he would just open his window above AS220 and he would lower a bucket that was like, yo, throw some money in here and I'll give you a donut. And he would be making fresh donuts upstairs and just <laughs> so people would just be outside, like all fucking excited with a donut. And I'm like, where are these coming from? What the hell is going on? It was great. 
Yeah, <laughs> he always brought him <laughs> down for us, you know. <laughs> Why have I not tracked him down and tried to be friends with him? Yeah, I definitely get in touch with him. Uh, I'm sure I'll see him like next couple of weeks. What do you think, Mr. Stevie Boy? You got any questions? All right, seeing as I failed to give you a good uh, question to ask, okay. <laughs> what is the favorite venue that you've ever seen a show at? And what would be your dream lineup of four bands? Any error, however you want to order them. There's so many sentimental. I have to say the Funky Jungle only because of all the sentimental things that and it was my favorite venue because it was, you know, DIY, donate, what you can give, what you can give. There's, they had a real knack for bringing in bands that, you know, 90% of the time, 90% of the bands were, uh, you know, had their shit together, were great, bringing in touring bands. And it was just always packed. And my favorite thing about uh, some of that was just, like, seeing, like, some of the younger crowds being able to be like, all right, cool, yeah. like, broke as fuck, I'll grab a fucking tall boy and go down to the funky jungle and check out mm-hmm. some new bands and it was like that kind of thing just i don't know i i really liked the shows that i've seen there i would like to see product of waste mm-hmm. or b terry Ivino, uh product of waste uh converge every time i die i don't know throwing fuck it throwing little dicky Little Dicky. <laughs> yeah. He's the headliner. Yeah. Let's go. No, he's outside with like a fucking boom box. Or yeah. <laughs> they got like the big fire outside in the back. Little yeah, Dicky's like, going. Even, yeah. You don't even really know he was a part of the show, but like, he's surprised. Yeah. He's dude. What's up? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck. There's too many people. I don't know. We're not throwing Tupac in there. We're not doing any holograms. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did an episode with Josh Marcy. I don't know if you know Josh Marcy, but he like pretty much only named dead people. He was like, there's too many people in the world that like I want to see still. So I'm just going to like bring them all back from the dead. So, <laughs> but no, the hologram, that's bullshit. No, we're all good with that. Yeah. Real or nothing. Unless they want to make a hologram of me. Maybe I'd play like hologram me, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a little face off. <laughs> You no. can drink the most buttered <laughs> rum. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't end well, ever. There's so many. I don't know. I'd be sitting here thinking forever. Obviously, obviously bands like Nirvana would be cool to see. Yeah. Obviously, the Beatles would be sick. Imagine the Beatles at the fucking Funky Jungle. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> That'd be insane. <laughs> yeah. Too many, yeah. Tupac. Not, too, not Tupac. Terry. Terry and the POW boys. Every time I die. Converge, little dicky, why not? Let's do it. Little dicky, let's go. Let's go, you <laughs> DIY fucking punk kids. I didn't think we'd end up here, but we're gonna end the episode on little dicky. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> Alex, thanks again for being with us. Uh, shout yeah. out to little dicky. Uh, check out Alex's projects. Uh, where can we find out more about your music? Uh, all of the projects are on all streaming platforms. Uh, we got band camps. It's uh, tough thought nbma.bandcamp.com, savage spirit.bandcamp.com, the vislins.bandcamp.com, or on Spotify. Actually, the only thing that I would have to mention is uh, if you're going to try to find Savage Spirit on uh, Spotify, you made the mistake of not copywriting the band name. Oh, no before uh, it was uploaded so if you're searching savage spirit and you run into some uh some jungle trap music oh. or band kind of thing 
I'm pretty sure when you're looking through the albums, you'll be able to figure out which one is not them. But <laughs> I'm down with I the jungle have, trap too. Yeah, yeah. I might have to re-release as Spage Spirit or something like that. <laughs> thing on there to make sure uh, it's copyrighted what, uh, the the right way and not affiliated with another band. But yeah, we're all on streaming platforms, YouTube. There's music videos for Tough Thought in the violins and uh this is been pretty cool i don't want to puke anymore i worked through it awesome hey thanks again <laughs> uh you can check us out musiciansandmakers.com all over uh spotify instagram facebook you can find us all over the internet uh and yeah thanks again for your time little dicky out yes sir cheers yeah. <laughs>